Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. prophet if you are prophetic if you just want to know you need to get this download she addresses what now has become a monster then was a little thing here a little thing there early 2000s let's go back to where we weren't we did not have social media like we do now we did not have cell phones the way we do now and what we had certainly wasn't this we did not have apps to download everything under the sun because whenever you live in your own world, you can forget that there are apps for everybody's type of world. We lived in the land of light, the light of Christ, and so you look at my phone, it's going to have things reflecting that besides a lot of administration and maybe some research and study. But to those who live in other worlds and other types of lifestyles, their apps and their phones reflect their life. There's something out there for everybody. Well, when Dr. Price was saying this in the early 2000s, and I'm sure she was saying it in the 90s as well, that wasn't the case. We weren't here. So it's easy to label somebody who is truly, truly prophetic, doomsday or wrong or whatever, because nothing obvious is bearing witness. Well, it really wouldn't be prophecy if everything was obvious. If it was obvious, would we need prophecy? Probably not. That's when you have affirmation. I'm just going to affirm what you already know. Not prophecy. And so she's laying this out. It it was inspired by um, shoes. I can't remember. Pony shoes, I think it's remember. Pony was the brand, something like that, that they were bringing back. And they were using a porn queen 
as the major spearhead of marketing. And so that was the catalyst for the discussion of the night. And she went on to say how they were using pornography to get teenagers. Now back then, which is only about 15, 17 years ago, that was ludicrous. It was insane. Your kids can't get their hands on that that easily. It was appalling to even say in a Christian circle, where are we today? Where are we today? Porn Queen yoked up with uh, Eminem, the rapper, and it was a whole campaign that got started. And so the teaching, the discussion, really, that night, she broke into that teaching, uh, targeting teens with porn. Now we can't, you can't hardly, you know, back in the day, you had to find somebody's magazine sad. You had to, oh, they had the little VHS. You had to sneak and watch it when somebody was out of the house, whenever the babysitter wasn't paying attention. You had to work so hard to be bad. And now you download it, they partition phones, they have ways to hide things from parents, and now it's in the palm of your kid's hand, quite literally, going to school, you have little middle school kids being expelled from school for bringing pornography on their phone and sharing it with their friends. But the campaign, the overt campaign, was then. And, and then even more subtly, it was before that. She talked about the uh, and, and pornography fusing with commercialism. The sexuality now, that isn't everything. We always, we laugh, well, we actually don't laugh about it. We're just annoyed by it. Uncle Ben, you know, the whole thing, what, five, seven years ago, folks making out in the kitchen with Uncle Ben's rice. Was it dentine gum? Which is the gum? Fire folks, you know, nearly ripping each other's clothes off on the couch over some gum. <laughs> Ridiculous. We don't see that that is that pornography strongman, that prince infiltrating right on down to the church. <laughs> Where are we now? Arguing about should first ladies be sexy? Is this just too sexy? If I could see every line in your body, where your cleavage doesn't end, all kinds of stuff, what's that have to do? Why is this in the house of the Lord? Got beds on the stage, <coughs> mapping all of that out, just laying it out. There is, it's never enough. It's never enough for the enemy. So she talks about that. And then the spirit driving this agenda, the high witch, the visitation that she had, our price had, and the high witch that was calling the shots when we saw leopard print, animal print coming into fashion, clothes especially. You know, you're not going to have animal print without it being skin tight because you're supposed to be wearing the skin of an animal. And skin is not loose unless you have lost a tremendous amount of weight. <laughs> but outside of that, skin is tight. That's why it's skin tight clothing, because you're supposed to look like you're not wearing any clothing. That's the point of the agenda. Yoga pants are skin tight pants to look like you are not wearing any clothing. Thanks to God. Come on here. So that is today's audio archive of the week. Where did the present sexual agenda originate? We have got to know where it came from. It's not enough to just pray this away. It's just, Father, God, God's just going to do it. Where, when, how? No, He's us, we. He has given us the earth. He has given it to us to whip devils back into place and to whip these saints and to expose them and to do all the things that we do. So she also talked about the hallmarks of the goddess movement, the hallmarks of it. Homosexuality, bestiality, every kind of perversion of sex under the sun is in that goddess movement. And what have we seen in the last 15, 20 years? The rise of the goddess. 
We have appointed human beings now. We're calling them goddesses. They got their own churches. They have all, all, all of it. All of it is part of a well-orchestrated agenda. You know what? It's not new, and it's nothing that God has destroyed before. And so we will happily be a part of that pain of destruction. Amen. Glory. Amen. I'm having fun. Go ahead. Talk about the other pieces you got going on. You want to talk about Tip 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 we don't have it. Okay. <laughs> We're actually really thrilled and excited to be counting down to our Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, June 19th through the 22nd here in T-Town, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, Tulsa is still standing. No, tornadoes didn't blow us down. No, that is not a sign from God for you not to come and do. <laughs> Let me just say that right now. Carol, the superstition. <laughs> <laughs> what she said. That is not a sign that you should not come. That is not a sign. Well, you know, I was just, I wasn't sure, and I was praying, and then I saw those storms, and I thought that must be a sign. Stop that. Stop it. Okay? Stop. We're confronting the darkness. All right? That's the confronting the darkness, which means it could be dark. You have to confront it. Disrupting prophets of the pagan cage, confronting the darkness today. We are going to have an afternoon pop up. With Dr. Chief Apostle Paul Price and uh, Prophet Hakeem and Naeem Collins. So be on the lookout. That is today. Oh, I'm glad I dressed up. Yes, you always dress on Thursday. I know, but I dress a little nice sometimes. Well, we can can spring pretty things on her. You know, Thursday where she has to look sugar sharp because she always does. (laughs) Anyway, so she will be on with them. It'll be a a brief pop-up. For, for them to have a great, juicy discussion about the event, their contribution to the event, their subject matters that they'll be tackling, and who, who knows? Because when we all get in a room together with these two prophets, nobody ever goes. First on. of all, when they visited, and yes. you all better be listening, they visited. I so enjoyed those young men. I yes. have met young men, yes. young prophets. That I have enjoyed so much. I said, oh, yeah, y'all, uh, you know me. Yes. I'm going to the chief prophet. You, you guys are the future. Yes, come on. They are the future of the prophetic. And they are its salvation and redemption if they hold fast to that which got them to this place. Jesus. I hope y'all watching. You just got a word. Look, we promised to miss your own word. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's true. They are prophets. They're very different. Because they look similar, at least, you know, they're twins, but you can tell them apart. Well, we can tell them apart. But their spirits are very different, but very much prophets to their toward the essence of who they are. It, it was really fun and refreshing and almost we like you were watching uh, a show or something, not like a fake show, but just to see them in their, just stay in their zone, stay in their vein. No matter what we're talking about, they're ready to be prophets yeah. at all times. And I think that is very rare in these days to know prophets who are prophets all the time. And good and quality and integrous prophets. Yes. You know, and what I like about it is that their regard for the office and the officer. Yes. You know, they understood that. And so I'm yes. excited. I'm looking forward to talking. Yes, yes. And uh, in their academia, their prophetic Academic. Ooh, very intelligent. Very intelligent. And God can go far with intelligence. Mm, mm, mm. He always did. <laughs> he always taught us. He didn't do much with a dummy. Uh-huh. Right? Maybe so. He, he spoke to a donkey, but he just said about a phrase. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he wanted to be heard, he can be heard to anything. If he wanted to be understood, he needs the intelligence. 
Did you like that? Welcome to Paul Price Show pre-show. I know. We pre-show. <laughs> and I got my class in here. You know, been, my staff's been coming in every week, so now I'm calling them the audio class. Yes. They are the audience class. That's right. See, they're getting the direct impartation. This is how I feel about watching things online or listening versus being in the room. Uh, with um, analog and things like that, you lose the generation of quality. Yeah. The more you copy, 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 which is why the digital age is wonderful because you get that same level. But, you know, when you are in the room, it's that first generation impartation. I mean, it hits you. And let me tell you what, Dr. Price, you hit me through the tape from 15 years ago. So I know it's a potent mantle that knows no time or distance. But it has to be said that there is something for being in the room when the dispensation is going forth. Yes. Versus not. It, it, you there there really is no comparison, which is why why do we strive to be in the room with somebody famous? Why do we push to get the backstage passes? Why do we do all of those things just to take their hand? When they shook their hand, it didn't change your life at all. Mm-hmm. Well, they shook their hand, but it can't, but it, right exactly. But you know, and so you think it's easy to convince yourself I'll get it online and I'll still be fine. Well, you know, the people who don't come up to Tiffany, you know, you don't come out to the annual event, because I can hear Dr. Price online. You can hear what I said in the past. You don't know where I've been since then. I want you to know, last year at TPTI, <laughs> see, look, flag to us. Last year at TPTI, Dr. Price laid us out in her opening segment. You guys remember that? Oh, no, maybe, maybe it was November. I don't know. Whatever event it was, she laid us out. She hit so many issues. Thank you. Boom, 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 boom. Before she got to her teaching. We were like, okay, stop away. What she just said that wasn't on her teaching agenda, but it was on God's agenda. And you have got to be in the room when God is speaking mm-hmm. and not just when this is going out over the airwaves. But, you know, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, because we already had a show. Yeah. <laughs> 19 years ago. Yeah. Years. But you know what? Those were some pleasure. And by the way, tomorrow is Apostle Ashley's birthday. Yay! 40. 40. 40. And you know what 40 is? 40 is the beginning of your reign. The 30s trained you. And the 40s are going to enthrone you. That's why people seem to be at their utmost strength and maturity, et cetera, in their journey, even if it's no journey, at 40. So please, all of you all, remember that. Go to her Facebook page and send her stuff. Now, don't put it on my page because you all do stuff like that, and she can't see it. She has her own Facebook page. We let her grow up and get one. And so... Go to her Facebook page, send her some love, go to her cash app, send her some spendable love, and, uh, and let her know that you appreciate her. I am excited about the fact that she is. I told her by the time she was 40, she was being an apostle. And at that time, she was trying to be a good Christian. She was like, can I And at least she was wise enough to not say apostle. Yeah. She just said, you're going to be locked in to why God really put you on the planet. And I was like, okay. Tiny, and so, 20 years old. I know, and at 20 years old, it's like, why am I in this apostolic? What is what? I don't even know. But she is one of the people that I can honestly say, 
and we've got several who stayed with it to get the prize. So her, she's coming up on a year since her commission. Yeah, November. November. And she has taken this thing uh, uh, called Apostleship by the Horn, and she is dragging that bull, you know. He started out dragging her, but she's now dragging it. So I want you all to help me celebrate her birthday, celebrate all of the things she's got going on. And just in case you think we forget or I may forget, a prophet of Dia's birthday is in May. So you get a head jump on her. Now, if you ask me for the date, I can't tell you. The 27th. So we've got, you've got two of them. I'm just excited. I got these young women from college, from Oral Roberts University. They were just, I'm just, you know, she's supposed to be in drama, film, and television. Adia was supposed to be in psychology. I got them. And we're still being dramatically? Psychological. (laughs) So I'm excited about that. They have been serving you and, and serving me for faithfully. And I mean faithfully for 20 years, 19, I think it's 20. I'm still convinced you were there before. <laughs> but 19 years, faithful, not having given me, i got to go out and sow my wild oats, sow my dead oats, sow some oats anywhere, nothing, faithful. And so I believe that, that I know my joy over them being here is shared by the Lord. You know, the Lord, it's nice to say God forgives, but isn't it wonderful for him not to have that in his memory? It's nice. I love the fact that God is merciful. I love the fact that God forgives. I love the fact that there is no way that he won't take us back. That's marvelous. And, but when I think about it, I, as, as, a, 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 you know, as a woman myself, knowing what it's like and being a spouse, it is even more beautiful to know that that's not in anybody's memory or not in the memory of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that you just should keep out of the memory of your relationship. Because sometimes it's nice to know you have a good wife, a good husband, a, a forgiving spouse. That's wonderful. Trust me. But, the, you know, that's when you can say you have the, the pure virgin relationship versus the forgiven or merciful relationship. Mm. It's nice to have mercy. God delights in mercy. And I'm speaking to somebody because you're teetering on the edge, edge of infidelity. I know that. The Holy Ghost knows that. And he's going to tell you that. It is wonderful to know that you, we're working it out. We can fix it. We can work this out. But that blight becomes a scar in your relationship. And a lot of your relationships are just too scarred simply because you enjoy the merciful forgiveness instead of the purity of virtue. Now, whoever you are, the Holy Ghost said, you have no idea. This will not turn out the way you think. It will not just be a merciful forgiveness thing because this will be something that will dog you and will travel down your generations. So I would love to encourage you today, stop scarring your relationship. Yes, spouses forgive. Yes, mom and dad forgive. Yes, best friends and, and, and forgive. And, uh, that's wonderful. Forgiveness is the default, but not the byproduct of a good relationship. And some of you all, you're just bad at relationships. You're bad at relationships because you're too busy sucking on God's mercy to be integrous, to be loyal, to be fidelitous. You can't do that because in your mind, you like that. Her, give her 
cause pain, feel bad, seek forgiveness, get forgiveness, hurt again, and the cycle repeats itself. That means that you have a real evil toxicity in your soul that must abuse both God, his righteousness, and your relationships. So that's a prophetic statement, apostolic wisdom. I know y'all like that because you know that's present. Give you some apostolic wisdom because you know we have had apostolic witness, but we've not had the wisdom because apostles are supposed to be known for the wisdom of the Almighty not the wisdom of this world. And you've all had so much wisdom of this world so that they can reconcile you into that which God is working on instead of bringing you in and reconciling you to Christ who worked it out. So there's a, I mean, I just love this. You know, I've spent all yesterday with Jesus. I just love you. So if I sound like really, really wild today, I have spent a whole afternoon with the big three. I'm calling them the omnipotent three, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So I said, and I told you today, I was going to say this, welcome to the Jesus and Paula show. (laughs) I'm going to welcome you to the Jesus and Paula show. Because, you know, he's been taking over. I figured if he's going to keep taking over, I'm going to give stop to him. (laughs) Because he's, well, the Almighty. And so God is getting ready to do some phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal things. And I want you to be ready for it. And I want you to have the mind of Christ. Now, tonight, tonight, what am I doing tonight? You are doing a... Come on, be, 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 a battle. Be, be, a battle. Come on. Yeah, I do. I like to encourage my folks. She's a cheerleader. I am, because you know what good is good, and you should let people know the difference between it and bad. I said to a friend of mine the other day, you're probably one of the funniest people I know. <laughs> and they haven't heard you. They haven't heard you really speak in years. No, <laughs> Really, I would have never said that about those participants because you don't know her. <laughs> no, but she is hilarious. <laughs> Tonight at Price University, and we will go live with this because it's open to the public. Oh, good. Yes. Go Dr. Price is doing a session on the rise in paganism and how we are to arm ourselves and to be equipped. This is a, a nice precursor to Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Yeah. That's what I think about that. 7 o'clock Central Standard Time, 7 p.m., we will be going live. The skies will be clear. It will be happening. I know. Okay. It, it, will be happening. it did. It did. Uh, and so she is going to do it. A 90-minute session total, 7 to 8.30. And um, I can't wait to to learn. Because you don't know what I'm going to say to you. No. And even if I thought I did, which I don't, I don't. You know, oh. it's, we just, we're, we're so I love it. That. I love it. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you clear your schedule so you can be there live. I don't know if she's going to take questions and answers. Yes. If she does, she's taking questions and answers. Questions. And so we will also take them from our online viewers while we are live. <laughs> so you don't want to miss that opportunity to post your questions during the Q&A time. Yes. Are you ready to be plugged? Yeah, plug me up. She's plugging me up so you can see all of the stuff that we have going on here. And so I've decided, I've told you, I'm giving my honey top bill. You know, he's a holy guy. She has already hit that thing twice. I'm loving it. We're just getting started. I'm I telling you. We're excited about Because he's got, got a lot to say. You know, he's ready to show off. And we don't get that. You know, we don't get that he's ready. But he's ready to show off, guys. God's been ready to let us know. Well, you know, he said, I'm going to light y'all up. <laughs> so and that, when God says light you up, he means enlightened, not just inflamed. Oh. Oh. 
I love it. I love my Jesus. I'm telling you, he's a good guy. <laughs> he is. So I, I decided to add the Lord to the top billing, the Jesus and Paula show. Because the man takes over every week. So I figure, you know, I get up in the morning and say, okay, Jesus, what are we going to do this week? Silence. So God, what are we going to talk about? Uh, quiet. So now I don't ask. I figure he doesn't want me to help him out too much. He, the only time ever, God doesn't answer you is that he's not interested in you hearing from him because you haven't been interested in hearing from him. Or he doesn't want your help. So he's like, God likes spontaneity. You know, that spontaneous. Utterance. He loves those. So now we're going to just have this up there, the Jesus and Paul Michelle, because he's my honey. Yes, he is. I know. Well, how are you going to love somebody who has no affection? You know? I got a lot of affection for Jesus Christ. You know, with my, with my team, I'm affectionate with them. They, you, people don't know that. They think all I do is carry a whip and a rod. But I'm very affectionate with them because I'm a real mama. And I like being the mother in Zion, and I want to take care of Zion as soon as I can find it. I am in Zion. Can we find Zion so that I can mother Zion? <laughs> I'm going to have a blast this week. You need to get ready. Make sure that you tune in tonight so I can talk about paganism. Now, can I make a real suggestion, too? I actually have to. The first suggestion is that you go immediately after this show and download and listen to the archive of the week because it's going to help you appreciate this evening. So that is your pre-course assignment, pre-course, pre-lecture. I want you to go do it. All of you all do it. And tell me, so Dr. Price, I will do it. I will do it. Because, you know, some of you guys, I have to say it over and over again. So go and listen. Listen on your lunch hour. It is a recording, so let's get real. It's a lunch hour thing. <laughs> listen on your lunch hour. Listen on your coffee break. Hey, listen on the drive home so that we are all on the same page. You will appreciate it. Because, see, I prophesied all of this yes, you did. in 1990 tried to tell a lot of prophets who were not able to hear because they didn't want it to happen. You realize that a lot of people don't listen to prophecy because they think that if they ignore it, they can hold it back. They think they can save it off. Well, I don't want to hear that. And then back then, we were in, I don't want to hear no bad news. Well, baby, guess what you got to hear every day? Bad news. Bad news that you could have pushed back on. Bad news that you could have foresaw. I don't want to hear that. Don't give me no negative. I'll never forget. I went to a pastor's church. Boy, I'm, well, three, actually. Three stood out. So I will not name the, the name them because I don't want to shame them. So I went to three pastor's church. They brought me in, and they said, you know, Lord of God, I heard that the word of the Lord is in your mouth. We want to bring you in. Brought me in. Stood in one church. Saw that this pastor, standing around this pastor were all of these dark figures these dark powers, and I said, you know, and I began to give him the word about he's been needing to do this and that and the people coming into his church and whatnot. Man publicly said, I don't want to hear no bad news. I said, well, then you're, I didn't say anything to him. I told God, I said, well, he's a goner. Because that's like saying, I don't want the storms to come. And they can't. Okay? And you got to have a lot of power to stop the storms. You have to have a great stature in God for God to listen to you to supersede what is right for those elements. So he, t- he said that, didn't bring me back, seven 
years later, seven years later, I get this wonderful apology. And I said, you know what? The churches, you don't realize that prophecy is not only to be predictive, it's meant to be preventative. And that's important. See, a lot of the things that I, I taught, wrote books about it, all of that stuff, everybody was in the heyday. If you're a prophet locked into the now, you're not a prophet. Or even God has fired you. Because you are supposed to know what he's going to do in the future. If Microsoft could write a 500-year plan, don't you think God has an eternal one? You need to find out what's in God's future. Your future is useless if God's future is different. What's in God's future? Prophets, 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 prophets of God most high, prophets of Jesus Christ. What's in God's future, and how can you confirm and validate it? Because some of you all got prophecies that collided with God's future, and they were different. And so the word of the Lord didn't happen for you because the, the era was changing. The guards were changing. There was so much change that the word that you got couldn't happen because the, the powers that be to bring them to pass were replaced. New God. Heart reset. Y'all loving on me today? You better love on me because I am the woman who loves you all more than you can dream. I want the best for the body of Christ. But before I want that, I want the best for Jesus Christ. And I tell him, Jesus, I'm going to give you the best. I'm not trying to give God some tips, hand stand-ins. You know, some of these pastors, I don't want them in class for too long because you don't want them to do anything useful. That's what that's all about. You want them to come in and act like they just kind of pimping along. God's time, the temps are getting ready to be replaced by the permanent. How can you be a prophet and not have seen this was coming down the pipe and not prepare God's people? That's what he said, watchmen, watchmen. He said to Ezekiel, when I tell you something is going to happen, you are to tell the people and warn them, my hands are clean in this thing. I don't have the blood of these lost saints on my hands. I don't have the blood of these wayward saints. I don't have it on my hands. You know why? Because I did say it and I wrote it. I have a book called 1995 and Beyond. And if you want to know how to get to Michael Talks, Chief Prophet Oliver, you don't know what I know where. Oh, we do have. Oh, thank you. See? Look at your team. I got a crack team. See that? 1995 and Beyond. I, I told all of this and the rest. Because you know how we like to do that. Well, what is the word for a year? Are you kidding? A year is a bit. doesn't happen in the 12-month calendar. Hmm. Uh, we like doing that. That's because you're not saying anything. Because we need to be giving you decades in advance. Decades. And, and the, the prophets of God gave us centuries in advance. This is what God's going to do. Okay? And then what happened? They labeled them false prophets because they wanted it to happen within a 12-month calendar. Half of you all aren't ready for the 12-month calendar of God because that's some of y'all getting ready to go home, and you're not ready. Others are getting ready to be replaced. Others are getting ready to be promoted, elevated. Some are getting ready to be chastened and corrected. I want to give you a prophecy also about the, the using the word harvest. It's my harvest, my harvest, my harvest. Is we sing it. We run around the church. We throw stuff. We wave flags. We do everything because we are, it's harvest time. Do you think harvest does not bring up wheat? Yeah. Harvest 
does not just reward seed, it brings wheat. Whatever you sow, not the money you sow, whatever you sow, you shall reap. Whatever you sow. That's whatever you put in the ground of creation, you're going to reap it. So what you really ought to be is concerned about the harvest that God's going to give you. Because God may harvest your money and not stop a disease. Because he says there are two ways he gives money. One, that he gives you wealth with the power to enjoy it, and others, he gives you wealth and the power, with no power to enjoy it. With sorrow and without sorrow. See, this is hard reset. I know this doesn't sound good, but I promise I'll get happier later on, I guess. I don't know. This is Jesus and Bonus Show. We don't know who this is. Let Jesus talk. Because some of you all, are, you're waiting for a prophecy that will not happen. God is sick of you all aggravating him about prophecies he didn't give. You got church prophecy, you got pastor prophecy, you got intercessor prophecy, you got um, doctrinal prophecy, theological prophecy, you got everything but Godhead prophecy. You must know God's future. Now, that doesn't mean that God can't do some peculiar thing or hasn't done peculiar thing in his future, but you need to understand God wrote his word to give us context texture, and framework. You better make sure that if you want to hold God to a prophecy, you got it from him. Because there are people, like we get people to come to our church and all they want to do is prophesy marrying these women off to whatever. And you know, I don't let them. Don't bring those marriage prophecies to my church. We are not a dating club. And I'm just, I'm not, not, I'm not going to sit there enjoying these women who've been holy and pure and sanctified all these years with somebody who, what? No, I don't allow it. And when people do, I come, let me tell you, they're so serious about me not letting them marry the wrong person that when they get a bad prophecy, they come home like the little kids and mom. Dr. Price, so-and-so said, and it didn't feel right, and I just want you to know, and I said, I kill it. In the name of Jesus, I kill it. Now, I had daughters who ran off to get married, and all hell went with them. But I'm telling you, my holy daughters are saved for holy men. Now, I realize it may only be a few, because in today's world, you've got to get through the the man who he's all the 55 women he slept with. you got to get rid of all of the babies he's made. they got to get to the ugly painted man. They don't want a painted man. I'm going to tell you right now, they don't want a painted man. Because that painted man means he's serving more than one God. Because tattooing is idolatry. So they don't want a painted man. They don't want a whorish man. You understand that? They want a holy man. They want a man that loves God more than them. Because if a man loves the Lord more than he loves you, you recognize that you got an intervener when he goes crazy. See, God's going to fight for it. So they don't want the, they don't want a pierced man because that's another God. See, that's idolatry. Tattooing and piercing of other deities, the deities of this world. I'm going to talk about some of that tonight. See, some of you all, you just don't want to be lonely. So you go and take whatever comes. And I told them, I will never tell them who, who not to marry. I've got my top three, I will. I'll cut up. Probably I'm too bad. But, you know, I only have the top three. But the rest of you, I'm not fighting with you because I feel like I've taught you a lot of years. If you can't pick by now, picking is not in your past. 
but that so don't come in. Don't know. Don't bring that 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 horish days of Noah prophecy into my church. That's a Noah's prophecy. What, what was Noah's day? They were marrying and giving in marriage. All they thought about was marriage. When you watch television, all you see is marriage or or the the, the uh, relationship that's masquerading as a marriage. Mm-hmm. All you see. Gotta have a boyfriend. You can't go to movies by yourself and whatnot. Why? Devils need bodies, and sex is a great transit system. Sex, devils ride on sexual fluid. They travel in that sperm, and they want entry wherever they go. You got to sit there and talk about that, well, they metro man. They have sex with everybody. First of all, I don't want anybody who is bestirring in doo-doo. And eating or drinking mentally. See, sometimes you have to get vulgar for people to know what God's issues are. You can tell me all day long. You don't have to say it like that. Yeah, but you weren't getting it before then. So, so your marriage bed is what? You, your spouse, and feces. And that, that first of all, it got to be a stinking mess. See, because they keep showing you the pretty little one. You know, Cottonelle's got the little commercial now about they got the little peach with the butt crack side, sitting in a chair, telling you how you have to clean up down there. And it's only about men. Now think about it, because they are making a statement. So Cottonelle can help clean the feces that spills out when you have male-to-male sex. See, Cottonelle thinks they're being bold, but they really are making themselves repugnant because they're promoting a repugnancy. And then he's got these two young males, one taking the other home to mama. Oh, yes. Okay? And say, see, these, look how normal looking they are. And now we've got toilet paper to help them. <laughs> that marketing firm should be fired. I'm telling you, because the rest of us, see, you, they, a lot of these marketing firms are doing within their world. But they can kill, they, can, they don't even imagine, we too have a logic. Mm-hmm. And we too have a thought line. And to me, Cottonelle is saying, use us because we are great for anal sex. So you are isolating your market. That should be fine. They should be fine. Because ain't nobody trying to isolate a market. If you look at your commercials, I'm telling you how to understand the work. You look at your commercials, you have more, more same-sex commercials than ever. Yes. Two women, two men, two men, two women, two men. Because they're getting you accustomed because they don't because they want to change the norm from male and female opposite to same so you can fall into the homo the homo brain. You see I'm not I'm not taking on your homo brain. Is that all right? Because then you start pairing same and not different. Um, electricity tells you that you have to have opposites. <laughs> ACDC. You have to have opposites if you want the current to do something useful. So, and those women, you're so excited that you get to give them two body parts to enjoy. Boy, I'm telling you, the way they can change your mind to a twin. Ooh, Lord. Two. Then you wonder why we got all of these, of all of these sexually transmitted diseases. But anyway, the Jesus and Paul is well. 
Word is this. Me and Jesus, team supreme. I tell him we are team supreme, omnipotent. And you know, he, he really does. You know, because, you have, because you're so busy serving the iconic Jesus, you cannot even get an opportunity to interact with the real Jesus, the substantive Jesus. Because most, most Christians are serving the iconic Jesus, the picture of Jesus in their mind, the picture of Jesus painted by the pastor, the picture of Jesus painted by the theologians, the schools, the universities. Y'all are dealing with that iconic Jesus because he's a teacher's little icon, little image like up on your computer. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed, and I'm sure that there are literally hundreds of thousands of more like me. I'm blessed. I don't deal with the image. I'm rolling with the substance. The substantive Jesus, the corporeal and incorporeal Jesus. You know, Jesus is, well, anyhow, I'm going to say that. But you have to start thinking differently about your God. See, the reason you can approve all of these things, you approve them because you're dealing with the iconic Jesus. Icons can be molded, manipulated, adapted, redesigned, amended any way we want. But you can't change a person like that. Yeah. It takes a long time to change a soul, to change a mind, let alone a soul. So you all are not dealing with the man who incarnated and hung on the cross. You're dealing with someone's interpretation of that. Right. You don't even know why Jesus had to get on the cross. Have you all don't know why? I don't understand. But they told me to say prayer. So I said it. I thought a little something. Or I thought nothing. I just think the whole thing was a waste. Because you're dealing with the iconic Jesus. They did, they taught you about that. Those of you who say, we only we only follow the gospel so I can only get Jesus, then you got nothing. Because the gospel is like, you can actually realize the gospel looks like a redacted document in comparison to the whole body. Bible, because you can't understand. Where's Abraham? You're not going to find out Abraham's origins in the gospel. Where's Sarah? We don't know. How about that? Where's David, Solomon, Jeremiah? See, all of that that's in the gospel is to push you to go back and trace the history so you'll appreciate the destiny. And you'll get on the path to that destiny and finish at the end. So you are there when the spirit and the bride say, come, you will be able to hear them. See, because the spirit of the bride is going to say, come to a lot of people, and folks not going to hear it. They're going to think it's thunder, rain, right. sleep, something. Somebody dropped something. You have no idea. Do not let these pastors and theologians talk you out of the Bible because you were born again by the incorruptible seed of God. And let me just give you another newsflash. I say it enough. Some things I'm going to say like a broken record, like on skip until I leave this planet, which is going to be a while. Not because I say so, he says so. And so you need to understand you got saved by the scriptures and not a Bible. We didn't have Bibles. Peter didn't preach the Bible when he preached that first sermon on Pentecost. He did not preach a Bible. He preached the word that he was taught by the Christ who had trained him for three and a half years. Jesus 
The, the apostles knew they were right because Jesus pulled all those scriptures from those scrolls together and made the message. The gospel is not just salvation. I have a course that we tack on to uh, apostolic and prophetic Bible education, and that course is strictly the gospel. You will never answer scripture about the Bible if all you know are the gospel. I love the other part where, you know, right now, because you can tell where the devil's scared. I'm being honest with you. You can tell where he's scared, you know, and he's not an icon either. Just for the record, just because he fell in love doesn't mean he's just purely iconic. So you can tell where people are stuck because the first battle was we're not going to take the Old Testament. Okay, so we got people to believe that's stupidity. Now you can't find Jesus as an, as a literal person if you don't track him in the Old Testament because Jesus Christ is the author of the scriptures. Your publisher may author your Bible version. But Jesus Christ authored the scriptures. So they may alter and play around with the content. But Jesus Christ is its substance. He authored his own autobiography, biography, you name it, chronology. We can go on. Jesus did that himself. Now, I like it because you hear people say, well, you know, the so-and-so, um, they, they voted on this and they voted on, are you kidding? Y'all vote on stuff every day. You vote on dinner. If you have a house full of people, y'all got to vote on dinner. You're going to get somebody's not going to eat this, someone's not going to eat that. Today, we so blessed in America, we can send the, the dinner, Aaron Runner, to five different restaurants. Everybody's happy, but there was a vote. You vote on who is going to be the king and queen of the prom. <laughs> and act like they're real king and queen. <laughs> you vote on who's going to run your alumni, who's going to run your association, who's going to be the head of the neighborhood watch. And then you all, once you establish that, you write down the rules. And Christians are like, yeah, but they said it was voted on by man. So was their word. Where do you think they got that from? Another man. It's just what the thing that we have to look at is the power that backs. And there's a power that backs Christianity or the devil would not be as crazy as he is today because we are on a rise. When he found out that Trump was in office and he was a Christian, that devil, I mean, he must have had diarrhea for nine months. He's still diarrhea. <laughs> He's still vomiting and diarrhea. He doesn't know how, how that happens. But yet he does. He's just not telling the people that he has a God that forced Trump on him. Because God is about his church. Now, politics is about whoever has the most money and the most sex. And it's usually it's about politics. It's usually until Christianity, politics, politics was about the God of this, gods of this world. We're talking about them tonight. Yeah, we are. We're gonna, we're gonna, but not a lot, because see, there is a class, there is a course, and I'm going to do an extensive class on it at the event in June. But we're going to touch a little bit on that. So don't get caught up as Christians 
stop letting Satan's old rhetoric that took out the the, the 19th to the uh, or the 15th to the 20th century church. We are the 21st century church, and we are not buying it, and we are pushing back. I put you on notice. We are pushing back, and we're pushing hard because if we want it once, we'll win it again. We ruled the world once. I promise you, by the Holy Ghost, we will do it again. In the name of Jesus Christ, we will do it. Because most of you all are voting on because you did not know how much power the church had. But Satan did. The princes of his kingdom did. You did not realize the wisdom of God. You did not realize the power of God and what the power of God can do when it's unleashed. Why do you think, ask yourself, instead of being gullible, ask yourself, why is Satan stalking the Bible? Instead of thinking, well, he must be right. How can he be right? The man lost. You start out as a cherub, you end up as a serpent eating dirt on the ground. You lost. He lost. And y'all going to stop being afraid of him. He lost. He lost his bit for power when Jesus took over. I'm going to give you this guy. If you going to have the gospel, Paul of Christ can preach the gospel to you. And it won't make you want to stop learning. He lost, and he and he lost. He lost in heaven. He lost on earth. He lost in hell, and now he's losing again in the twenty-first century. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There are times when you know, because he tried to punk you. No, no, you have to learn to say no to devils, and then you won't have to say no to so many of your loved ones. Coffee. <laughs> he lost. You keep treating him like he's a winner. He lost. I want you to say that with me. He lost. He lost in heaven. He lost on earth. He lost in hell. He's losing again. I'm telling you, he lost his this four times. That ought to be a message. Unless he can convince a Christian to buy his life, he can't make it happen. He has to convince Christians, which is why he's stalking you with the word, which is why he hates the word of God, which is why he doesn't like preachers. You realize how much blood with him I preach, how much this devil doesn't want me on television, doesn't want me to have a wider audience, because he knows, I know, he lost. And he lost four times. And he's about to lose again. Talk to these people. We line you up, honey. They gonna listen, and, and the devil gonna visit us. Well, if you let her on, you gonna lose your audience. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Cause I'm really good at drawing. So let me tell you how this is gonna play out. I'm gonna build your work. I'm gonna build your network. Cause I'm gonna say enough for everybody to be happy and glad and sad and mad <laughs> and then excited. They gonna tune in just to fuck with me. Because that's what they do now, Controvert. We got a Howard Stern. How did he make it? By being so difficult and so offensive to the right that people just tuned in just to fuss with him. Yes. See, Christians have to think different. This is not the evangelical era. Now, I had nothing against evangelicals, and we still have to save folks, and we've got to preach the gospel. But it is now kingdom take that time, and God moves with his muscle. 
So I'm telling you, he's lost. You all are walking around, ooh, but you know that's the difference. You, he lost. You Christians celebrate, celebrating Halloween, the literal holiday of the loser. And justifying it, explaining it, protecting the loser. Who does that? Who does that? He's the loser. Celebrating the day that Jesus Christ tore his kingdom down. And you all, you're commemorating the destruction of his kingdom. Why do you think it's about blood? Why do you think it's about death? Why do you think it's about ghosts and zombies? All of that says his whole holiday says he lost. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the entire Halloween holiday says he lost. He lost people. People lost lives. He lost skin. Devils lost their place in people. That's why they're walking around going. <laughs> and you're protecting the loser. Who does that? Can you imagine our sports team saying, hey, we're throwing a party for the loser of the NBA. We're throwing a party for the loser of the NFL. We got to celebrate the losers because the winners don't count. Who does that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Christians. He talked you into helping him protect his kingdom with your faith, your approval. They said, well, I don't know why you don't celebrate how Are you kidding me? Everything, look at today. You can tell the devils are in the seats of authority and influence. The witches have told you, and it's all about dying. It's all about death. It's all about disease. It's all about failure. It's all about the demise of life. The thief comes before to still kill and destroy. But I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Christians celebrating Valentine's Day. Christians, churches, old churches, put on your little red. Red stands for the blood of the slaughter. And you would rather celebrate the God of death than the Messiah of life. Mm. Do you realize, no wonder Jesus ticked off. I be ticked off. I am ticked off for it. He's somebody down here be ticked off for it. I'm going to have the mad campus. I'm ticked off. <laughs> and you're going to celebrate Cupid, a little, fat, chubby, nasty little baby over the resurrected son of the living God, and you are fighting for Cupid. We're fighting for Cupid. So you want to know why God can really tear up the planet? This is why. So you're going to think that Christians, pastors, husbands and wives up there laughing, laughing, ripping the pulpit for Cupid. Those mattresses in the pulpit are for Cupid. They're not about Jesus. You got the wrong God of love. When people say God is love and they are lewd, you need to understand they're talking about Cupid because Cupid is about the lewd. It's about the hedonistic. You and you sitting there fighting for this. Can you imagine? And you wonder why that they pervert our kids? Cupid is presented as a little kid with an arrow to make adults become lustful. You want to talk about that? Just give me a taste of tonight. 
it is, I'm telling you, when I tell you, I promise you this thing blew my mind, when God said, he said, but they want to die. So don't tell, tell them, don't bother me about your diseases. Don't bother me about your sickness and your wounds. Don't bother me about any of it because you chose to give the God of death platform and now you're mad because he's killing you. You got your kids. But well, we don't we don't call it Halloween, we call it Hallelujah night. Yeah, but that's just because you're saying praise the Lord and Satan doesn't change it. He's still a God of death. You still saying praise the praise the Lord, God of the dead. Jesus has his own own we're gonna talk about that. Because you really think you belong to Jesus Christ and you upset because he didn't come in the room and save your mama who had Halloween parties. You're really upset because to you, God's not real. And the fact that you can push Halloween on this church means you think death is more real than life. You think he is. He did not come and rise from the dead. And then you wonder why he's not listening. I don't understand. God's not answering me. God's like, are you kidding? You've been ignoring me for decades. I thought that was our arrangement. Wasn't that our arrangement? You ignore me, I ignore you. You disobey me, and I don't do anything you need. I lead you to the God you chose to serve. Yeah, but Jesus, you know I love you. If you love me, why tell me you love me when you don't do what I say? You know I hate these things and you still do them because you don't care. They're still loving on me. Oh, yeah, a lot. I'm like, mm mm. Y'all treat him like trash and didn't want to command him like he's your slave. God is not your slave, neither is he your puppet. God can live forever without you because he plans to. Coffee! Sick time! You think that because you, you listen to all these people who will be dead tomorrow, dead next week, you, you can see the man send a storm and knock out what? A storm. I watch this program called Wild Wacky Weather or something, you have to see the stuff God got planned. You, we cannot beat this God. I promise you. You cannot. God got angels that are scared. Poor little Daniel Gabriel shows up. Now, they should have had a praise party. The boy passed out. Gabriel starts talking and Daniel starts dying because the word of life is killing that sin. So God Gabriel got to tell him, you know, Daniel, I'm trying to hear you, bro. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really trying to stay awake here right now. Um, and so he had to tell him. And what did he do? He got protection. He just said, you know, he, he probably did, but he, be strong. Be strengthened. You got a creature who can tell that which is made in your image and likeness to be strong, and he gets up and has a great day. Creature, you all are so, because you all thinking that it's just only about Jesus Christ and, and or the, the Lord is um, Lone Ranger. You have no idea God's got powerful creatures. And I know that the, that the world has told you that Satan is powerful. I'm saying again, he lost. I'm going to keep saying it. He lost. He lost in heaven. He lost on earth. He lost in hell. And he's losing again. He lost with the church. He demanded that it's I'm telling you guys, you all are following uh, uh, literally 
a contrived illusion. That is why Jesus said that he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist who was not filled with the Holy Ghost. Satan rules over where Satan resides. He rules where he resides. And he doesn't reside in me. So, if that's the case, then greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Oh, Lord. No, see, look at, you have to see my, they're looking at me like, well, wow, wait, hold on, Dr. Price, give us a minute to think, just a, we just need a minute. Yeah, we got a minute, give me that look. We just need a minute to process it. He rules where he reigns. He rules where he resides. The prince of this world has come, and he has nothing in me. And if God be gracious to us, and honor the word of truth out of out of my mouth and your mouth. If that happens, I want you to understand we will take this train again. I don't care about whatever. All we got to do is kick him out of his abode, wherever they be. So we're going to have an outpouring on all flesh. That's hard reset. God is getting ready to have another outpouring. It will not be a renewal. Woo, we feel bad. We just all went to the Holy Spirit fire, come back feeling better. That's not what we're going to do. <laughs> we're not going to have a Holy Ghost fire. Just want everybody to be clear. We're not going to have a quickening with people. Ain't nobody got quickened but the people who just put it on. Hallelujah. We're not even just going to have a revival. Because, you know, you can, the Holy Ghost is not just going to bring titles and say, Clear! Mm-hmm. No, no. We're going to have an outright major outpouring that snatches God's family out of the jaws of hell, out of the belly of the beast. Uh, and it will not be pretty, but it will be effective. Jesus. I just want you to understand. Because whenever God starts revealing faith in the life, you better know he's already in the planet. His angels are in the planet, and God is already ready. He's there for for battle. Because Jesus said, <laughs> the gates of hell. See, devils like gates. Christians seem to like caves. Devils like gates. Why? Because gates are centered of power. We like caves because we are like David's brothers. We hide from Goliath. Y'all gonna pray for me today, right? This man, I tell you, we talk. Jesus and I talk all the time. He just tells me what he feels. Tell me how he feels. And you notice, I don't have to talk outside of scripture. I don't have to talk yoga. I don't have to talk nirvana. You understand? I don't have to talk Hindu. I don't have to get philosophical. I don't have to give you Aristotle or Plato. See, I'm just going to give you the logos of creation, the man who started it all, and what he feels, what he likes, what he doesn't like. That's why it's Jesus and Paul. <laughs> we give him top billing because he's, well, he's the Jesus. <laughs> top billing. It's the Jesus and Paul show. So I, he got a Jesus, I got a Jesus, he got a Paul. And we just talk. 
and he has a lot to say. His heart is so broken, so broken, that because he has to do what he doesn't want to do. You may not like how people like me preach. You might say we're too rough, we're too this, we're too that, but I want you to understand we are the olive branch that's backing him down right now. We're giving you a chance to see your way. We're the olive branch. We're the ambassadors. We're the diplomats that are negotiating peace in a negotiating reconciliation in a peaceful way before the war comes. Because warring angels are already in the planet. And trust me, the war has nothing to do with them defeating the darkness. They've done that. The war has everything to do with them removing it. Huh. I got it. So you can you you need to find people who are preaching like this now because this is God's future and if it's God's future then it's yours and you need to stop having stop following people who are telling you how happy God is God's not happy right now he is not he's hurt he's he's wounded by his spirit grieved by the Holy Ghost so you can stop going to those happy land things because it's not going to happen. I don't care who you are. You can be the richest man God made. If you are not moving into where he's going, your wealth is in jeopardy. You need to find people who are not going to preach. Buddha, don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy to Buddha. You might have to find people who are going to stop preaching Allah, stop preaching Brahma, Confucius, Stop pushing yoga because if, if your church is pushing yoga, they have already sold out. And if the head sold out, you went with the package. So your prayers won't be heard. And if they are answered, you can rest assured they're not answered by the Holy Ghost. They're answered by the devil that bought your pastor, which means it's a mirage. It'll be short-lived. So you can walk around, but I just don't see anything wrong with you. Yoga. If you were a Christian, you would. If Christ was in you, you definitely see what's wrong with yoga. The fact that you don't see anything wrong with it means you are not a Christian. You are not born again. You are a churchian. And churchians let anything happen in the church. Well, I don't know how you can say I'm not a Christian. I think about Jesus. Yeah, we're just not sure which one. A lot of people who named Jesus when Jesus came, but only the one who worked signs and wonders got the crown. You talk to some of these young, I love these young Hispanic guys, and you say, when you start talking about Jesus and they name is Jesus, they say yes. I say, oh, no, baby, you too frail. You cannot be the one. You sweat and think like I do. No, not the living. I'm talking about the living Jesus. Baby, I'm telling you, you fail in age just like me. So you all, uh, uh, y'all, some of you all walking around, well, I just don't see anything wrong with it. That's fine. What you see wrong with yoga and what Jesus sees wrong with yoga is two different sides. And he holds all the cards. And so when you start growing lumps and bucks and talking about God ought to do this and that, I just want you to understand God's going to say, go to yoga. And let yoga cure you. Let yoga heal you. Let your yogi help you. Because... I'm the God you abused. I'm the God you neglected. I am the God you abandoned. I'm the God you defected from. I'm the God you left behind for what I destroyed on the cross. 
So you can do all of that shit. You know, because when people tell me that, are you kidding me? Nobody cares about what you feel about yoga. Nobody cares what you feel about America. That's why you got so many things going on that you don't like. But the head of the land, the Constitution as we now have it, that determines whether you agree with it or not. So you can talk all day long, you go to work every day, and they do things you don't agree with and you don't like, and you know what? You just go, when you do, you put a nice little picture of paradise up on your wall and say, this on my list. <laughs> and you mentally check out while you do what they want. You do that all the time. You go over and over again, you go to a restaurant, you tell them, I don't eat so-and-so, this is what we have on the menu. Take it or leave it. Sorry we couldn't help you. So don't act like your walks matter that much. And don't act like your beliefs matter that much. Your beliefs unnecessize you. Your, your beliefs calm you. They don't do a thing with the issue because the issue goes on. Jesus goes on. Life after life. And I'm telling you, when you look at this America that Satan has made versus the one that he talked you out of, Y'all scared because all he can do is steal, kill, and destroy. He cannot give life because he never had the key to life. As a matter of fact, he only had the key to death and hell. And Jesus went to hell to get those. So he no longer can throw just anybody in hell and let anybody out. We'll talk about that tonight. See you, honey man. Do you all love our Jesus? I love my Jesus. You can tell I'm a Jesus woman. And I told God, I'm going to be your woman if nobody else understands what that means. I do. I'm a, I am your woman. I am your female. I'm your honey, everything. Put any label woman. I'm your wisdom. Yes, I am. And I like it. I tell him all the time, I like it, Jesus. I like it. And he likes it, too, because loves, Jesus loves affection. See, we don't give him affection. We keep giving him a headache. Like, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? Now, you think that I have, like, I don't have these moments with God. I do. I have moments with God where I'm like, God, I can't even tell you what I was thinking. Clearly, I wasn't thinking. I told him, I'm, God, I want to bring good into your life. I want you to have a place. When you look around and all your trillions or whatever you got, zillions, I want you to look over here and say, but this here brings me joy and pleasure. See, because we talked you out of doing that. We talked you out of wanting to be his joy and wanting to be his pleasure. We talked you into demanding his joy for your pleasure. I want to be his pleasure. Because when God is content, you don't have to worry about begging. You don't need intercession. You don't need fasting. All you need is some honey love, affection, praise is God's children. Worship is his affection. And God, every time, so you can see what Satan does is he does something horrible to you, then tell you God did it, and then make you fuss with God because he knows that when God's upset, it shuts your will. It shuts your channel. So he'll keep slapping you and then tell you he didn't clap you and tell you the Almighty is mean and he's cruel and and he does that because he is doing damage control. So he needs you blaming God for what he did. Do you realize how many television shows do that? Blame God. Now, you live like hell, kill this, 
slam that, haven't been to church, and go to God. I just told you for 13 years. But, so who's going to do, who's going to clip those 13 years of silence? But he tells you, yeah, but see, that's because he's a mean God. You got, I mean, man, I'm so glad I am who I am today. Because I was looking at some of that stuff they did. They bought in the 18th and 19th century, talking about, well, you know, uh, but the Jews had the mean God. You mean meaner than Zimri Lynn? Hammurabi? Those were some cruel, grisly things. And yet only Israel's God, who decided to defend himself, go get his people. Now he gets the bad rap. Y'all kidding me. And you Christians bought that. Y'all went to university and got degrees on that stuff. <laughs> degrees on how mean God is. <laughs> well, you know, we can't preach because if we preach the Bible the way it's written, people won't come. If they don't come, they don't belong. Because the belongers come. And that. If you want to go to a God of death, have it, have at it. That's God. We we taught you that God is crying and He's weeping for a baby. Mm-hmm. So so sorry, Jesus, that nobody likes you. Are you kidding me? Trust me, when somebody, when people get in trouble, they all remember the name. Yeah. Honey, only a handful of them won't say Jesus. You know, you got a few a few atheists when the plane is going down. Most of the people saying Jesus, the atheists are saying me. Yeah, what's that mean? Nothing. I want to teach you how to think back to what we were so that you can push back on this doctrine. Because this whole doctrine is literally phrased in 2 Corinthians 10. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments or imaginations. What? You see how that goes? This is a mind game. Because if they can take the Christian's mind, they can inseminate the Christian's heart and contaminate the Christian's soul and convert it to darkness. Make it a spokesperson for sin. See, I, I, you got to know the process. The good apostles will tell you the process and not tell you to get along and be alone. This is not a horse ride. And we're not Clydesdale. We're not just going to get along and be alone. We're getting along. Like some old, boring, old west, black and white, old west movie. The horse is just, we're just getting along with everybody. We're not. We're, we're not. We get along with who come along. Now, there are a lot of Christian leaders who are not going to want you to do that. But guess what? It's your soul that's in hell. Your soul, you got to get your soul stationed in hell, or you got to fill your soul's place in heaven. But it's your soul. And we must believe to the saving of the soul and not just the changing of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wonderful? Well, um, there is an apostle, and there should be a prophet. Prophet. Uh-huh. Oh my. You feel slave? A little bit. But you can do it away. You're Jesus' girl. I know. <laughs> it hurts me. <laughs> I'm Jesus' girl and I'm sitting. I had to write that sentence down. Yeah. 
I just want everybody to know. This is, again, welcome to the Jesus and Paul Show. And that's, I'm going to say this, Jesus and Paul Show. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am his ambassador. And I am ambassador for him. Yes, you do. Yes. My honey. Okay, do you have any blue over there? She says she doesn't. I had to come back, though. I, I had to come back from, uh, I had to tap out on, <laughs> God is not our slave. He could live forever without you. <laughs> <laughs> she was on the hallway. Okay. <laughs> I just in case you didn't know that God could live without you. Because I already planned on it. He could live without you. <laughs> so if you believe him or not, it doesn't matter. If you believe God, that's for your good, not it. Your faith is for your safety, for your well-being, for your acceptance. Not his. God's like, I, I, I created acceptance. I got this. I, and I also have, what did he say? I got, are you kidding? God's like, all souls are mine. I've got enough souls to replace your rejection. Jesus, I'm all the But I do say that. <laughs> okay. about the reality of harvest, which I think is, is a, a breakthrough revelation on that, you know, that harvest brings whatever you sowed, whether that was productive or unproductive, whether it was good or whether it was bad, that harvest brings it all. Um, we tend to think very one-dimensionally about those things. So I thought that was a powerful statement. You said harvest is not just reward seeds that brings up weeds. What harvest will God give you? He may harvest your money, but not stop your disease. Mm. Well, that was tough. Who said that? Jesus and Paulus. Jesus and Paulus. That was right. No, that was really powerful today. Um, what, okay, you talked about the prophecy piece, and I think that uh, maybe we can have you elaborate on that a little bit more. You talked about stop harassing God about a prophecy that he didn't give, and the different kinds of prophecies. Um Maybe talk on that. How how are people to really know? I mean, they're getting word from a lot of different sources, a lot of different places. Um, what is what is an indicator that that person should know? You know what I mean? Where that prophecy is really coming from? Well, you know, the Bible talks in Deuteronomy 13 that there can be a prophet who will give you a word, and that word comes to pass. The qualifier, the differential. Let's talk about. We're going to call this. The prophecy differential. Now I write both on prophecy. You do. Okay. And when you, can I you put this on your phone? I'm going to use this right here. She's got more than you. So, but when you go to Deuteronomy 13, I think this differential is important because it does help you appreciate the difference. Like, you know, how we know because. Some of you all just measure prophecy by what comes to pass. Well, he spoke it and the word happened. But this, I think, is so powerful. I hope I can see because you know. It's awesome stuff. Okay. Deuteronomy 13. If there arise among you a prophet 
or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto these things, saying, here's the differential, let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Differential. That's a prophecy, truth, differential. So the prophet goes and tells you it's okay. Like the prophet that tells you it's okay. Now, I know that, you know, people feel differently, but I ain't got to preach the word. You know, I'm faithful to what the man said in the Jesus and Paul. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord God proves or tests you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken, differential two, to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you, look at this, and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded. Differential three, cause you to leave God's way of life. See, this is in here. Now, to me, here's something that I think you would really think is odd. Isn't it odd that a prophet would not believe in the Old Testament? I was like, well, you, at least you are a believer. That's where you began. He's not a believer. A prophet that doesn't believe in the Old Testament? An apostle who doesn't believe in the Old Testament? Okay. Anyway, and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put thee evil away from the midst of thee. Now, I'm here ready to step in a piece that I haven't stepped in, well, I'm stepping in a lot, but now I got some Bible validation. I will have another Bible so you all will have, not have to struggle with the E's and B's. However, if you have your own translation, read it. I like the ACSB as far as an alternative translation. It just seems to be more um, in line with what the King James wrote seems to be. Verse 6, listen to me. Verse 6, say, Dr. Price, I am listening and reading along, because I'm getting ready to kill a sacred cow. <laughs> she said, we're with you. If thy brother, thy son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or, look at this, the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thy own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, namely of the gods of the people which are around you, near you. 
or far off from you, from one end of the earth even to the other, thou shalt not consent to him, nor hearken him, neither shall thine eye pity him, neither shall thou spare, neither shall thou conceal him. Now, understand, the Bible is probably the most open, sacred text we have, because all the other ones were mysterious. You know, you, you can't read that Buddha did the same thing or whatever, because nations take care of themselves and they keep their land free from the deities that would want to take them over. So migrating spirits will always come through prophets, as we just saw, prophets, dreams, family, relatives. So that family first doctrine that kept you out of ministry, that was against God, and you owe God for that. See, you cannot give me a doctrine I can't find in the Bible. I don't care what you're talking about, but you don't understand. It's not what it was. It's still enough, and I got a Holy Ghost. See, because the Bible says the Holy Spirit teaches you all things. So God has been trying to teach you all against the lie. So I know that doctrine is out there, and I understand it, but this Bible says that anybody that talks you out of following God, believing God, doing what he said, living his way, is really a curse. So many of you all, and a lot of you wives, y'all having fun. You husbands, you having fun because, see, you may not, you may be a sweet husband matrimonially, but you're an abusive husband because you're causing that wife to rebel against if God is going to judge her. And when she stands before him, she's not standing before him as your wife. She's standing before him as a daughter and as a servant with a call. She rejected and she renounced. She renounced her call, renounced her destiny, and all of the people who were supposed to be touched by her were deprived of her service to the king. See, king. King. So I understand that. You know, I'm telling you, now God is not going to break up your marriage or the ministry, but you need to understand, oh, wife, you will be judged. Because God's not going to judge you by what your husband says. Because he said, I am the Lord thy God. You will have no other God before me. I know y'all like, like you know, you maybe don't give Jesus that little creature comfort you can or you like that little cuddle buddy thing, but I'm trying to tell you that that's going to cost you in the end. And some of you it has cost because your husband's dead. Your wife's dead. You know, Ezekiel had a wife problem too. Ezekiel did. You could tell, and Ezekiel, his wife was problem. He said that evening. My wife died. That morning, I did as I was told. Think about it. His wife died the night before, and it took his wife dying for him to do what he was told. Read your Bible. All right, y'all don't read it. Don't worry about it. Jesus and me show. We're going to keep you updated. (laughs) We'll keep you well informed on the Word. Please. Since we're here. All right. Scenario. People are married. God is calling one in service or whatnot. And the other stops. What would you tell somebody who is in that now would be a quandary of what to pick or choose? Because a lot of times, you know, they people don't know. I mean, should I leave my spouse? Should I follow the Lord? What should I do? Well, the Bible says that we ought to obey God rather than man. 
That man is not just government, not just politics, not just law. That man is man and human. God, and in fact, the word is for human. You ought to always obey God rather than human. Now, if your husband or your wife is not interested in you following God, then they have doomed you to an afterlife of judgment. Wow. And probably this life, because God getting sick, so he's taking a whole lot of folks on this year. I promise you, the next 10 years, people are going to drop like flies, nobody knows why. And the reason being is idolatry. Your spouse is your idol. It's idolatry. God says, I will have no other God before me. Paul writes that to whom you yield yourself to obey, that one becomes your God. So your husband is your God. Your wife is your God. Your children are your God. You understand? And so your job, your business, your, you know, your freedom can be your God. Your independence and liberty could be your God. Whatever you hold up before God as his alternative, as an alternative to him, whatever you say yes to more than you say yes to him, that is your God. So if God has to go on hold for what's in your heart, then your, what's in your heart is God. And we still back to thou shalt have no other God before me. The blood of Jesus did not eliminate the Ten Commandments. It embodies them. I will put my laws in their hearts, in their minds, and in their hearts, and I will walk in them and talk in them. They will be my people, and I will be their God. I will put my spirit in them so I can compel them to do what I want. So if you push back on God's Holy Ghost in you, because he says you can grieve the Spirit of God. And a lot of people say, well, God, if God wanted me to do it, then he could have. Yeah, there are some people that God wanted to do something, they did five years of cancer. So they said, yes, Lord. So do you really want God to muscle his will on you? Because he can do Because when you give God those, those you know, a line in the sand, a drawing in concrete, that they, when you give him those ultimatums, you are asking God to muscle his way on you to prove his truth or to accept your will, which makes him a lie. And God cannot lie. So a lot of people, a lot of saints are sick right now because of bad doctrine, yep. just like bad food. Y'all got that diabetes gospel. <laughs> High blood pressure. The blood, of lamb, the blood of the lamb is not enough. <laughs> High blood pressure. Blood pressure is full of that diabetes gospel, full of that sugary sermon. So I'm going to tell you right now, like, and I know I have, a, I have a couple of prophets and apostles right now that still give that counsel on. And you know what the Holy Ghost said? I'm going to judge them because their job is to represent me as truth and not their preference and their faith. God will always judge two things in these situations. He will judge the idolatry and he will judge the idolater. And it's just a matter of time, because just because God takes his time, because he'll give you a series of dreams, and he'll give you prophecy, and people will come and give you estimations, and you'll fall into his answers and responses. But trust me, I am the Lord thy God. I will have no other God before me. I promise you, Jesus and Paul will show, because I'm not going to say something that's not his way. I don't have to, because, well, I've been 30-something years doing it his way. I don't even think if I have a brain cell or something else. 
I'm not about to start acting up like that. God sets up in me. It's like, ooh, Jesus, I'm sorry. So, if you told somebody to stay with a spouse and to forego their ministry, you are going to come under the hand of God's judgment because you countermanded the Almighty. If you gave bad counsel, because that's your doctrine. So you have to make sure your counsel is not your doctrine. Because a lot of prophecies are doctrine-laced. They're laced with the doctrine of the ayin and the idolatry. Wow. See, there's a lot of doctrine, prophecies that are laced with heresy, laced with error. And they are that because they are the commandments of men. They are the way of this world. And you can't, when you stand in front of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't vindicate yourself from that. So if people are following your counsel and they're falling into rebellion, God says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And he said, listen to me, God talked about in the scripture teaching rebellion against the law, the Lord. Mm-hmm. Teaching rebellion against the Lord. See, God didn't catch me. Mm-hmm. See, a good apostle, a good prophet, is going to let you know the mind of Christ. You're going to know the habits of God's mind. What God is accustomed to doing, saying how he's accustomed to acting and responding in certain situations. You've got to know his pattern. So you can go and tell that I've I got a couple of them that I said, I don't know what to tell y'all because I'm just going to pray because I know the God I serve. And I know that under my doctrine, I teach everybody what the word is. There are things that I've got issues with because I'm too ignorant to know what God is doing. But you know what? I don't countermand him. Hmm. And some of you all, you're countermanding the Almighty. God has told so-and-so to go to the mission field. You're saying, well, God understands you have a family. You think he didn't know that before he wrote that in your book? <laughs> so what God are you listening to? So if anybody, that's what he said. If this Deuteronomy 13, that differential, those are three major differentials there. You need, it's on you to say, well, will this bring me closer to God or push me further away? Will this keep me in the path of righteousness or will it send me on another path? You know, the path that's before you, the path less traveled. Christians ought to have a path less traveled called sin. We don't walk the path of sin. We don't walk the path of, 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 of unrighteousness. We, the path, our well-worn tra- path is the highway of righteousness. Is this all right? Yes, it's all right. You had a question. Well, I was going to say um, to that, what then do you, I know that you have a counter for this, but just bringing it up because I know this is how, how, how the thought process is. Um, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, God hates divorce, so there's no way that any kind of separation would be the will of God for me. Um, you know, what What do you say to that? Because I know the I got a scripture. And with that, while you're, while you're putting up that scripture, um, I would love for you to speak on, you know, what, what was the source of the issue? Was the original marriage and covenant the disobedience? Is that where the disobedience began? Because you have people, you're 20 years down the line, you know, and, and you come to the place where you have to choose between your spouse and the calling is was the mistake all the way back when you chose the spouse in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now that's the question. Well, I think that's the answer. I think your question is the answer. Um, let me just see. I gotta find it because you were trying to see this in the first Corinthians seven. You all read that. Because the Bible says that 
in 1 Corinthians 7, 15. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. Now, we kind of live that and jump that over. A lot of you all spouses left when you got ministry. That was biblical. It may not have been righteous, but it was biblical. And not everything in the Bible, every record or recollection is meant to be God, God's concept of holiness. So let's talk about Malachi 3. God in, in Malachi, he said, I want a holy feast. So he did not, you know, God's against fornication and adultery because all of those affect the feast. They, they affect your offspring. So that's the first thing. Jesus said, Moses allowed you to divorce because of the hardness of your heart. Some spouses are cruel. They're cruel, they're vicious, they're abusive. And they become more so when you decide to serve the God they hate. So your spouse's issues with God should not dictate the terms and conditions of your obedience. You need to do it. And if they depart, then you need to do it. Or you can depart, because it says here that if a woman leaves, she got to stay unmarried. So you can depart for the sake of the cost. But you can't remarry. In other words, don't, re, don't, don't create a problem again. So if you read that, mm-hmm, you see, because we don't realize. We don't realize that. But he said, because I love this, he said, and unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let the wife not to talk about her husband, but if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Bible, New Testament, New, N-E-New, spelled J-S-U-S. Now, that's Bible. So when I counsel, I counsel my feelings. There are some relationships, man, I'm telling you, I really think, man, if this could happen. But you have no idea what it takes to convert a soul. And the Bible says the only thing that converts a soul is the law of the Lord. So these people don't believe Scripture, don't believe Bible, don't believe Jesus, don't believe in anything but their pastor's doctrine. That is not going to convert. That soul will not convert. And no man, no woman, and I'm speaking to all of you prophets, pastors, and counselors out there, you have no right to counsel somebody to stay in an environment or relationship where their life and their well-being is jeopardized. And a lot of you all have done that, and people have died. And because you were a pastor, they didn't want to blame you. But you have no right to tell somebody for the sake of an institution that began and will die on earth that they should put their life in jeopardy because of your doctrine. You have no right to counsel people according to the health of your marriage or the dysfunction of your marriage. You must counsel God's counsel. Now, I'm going to read that. Can I read it? Yeah, I'm going to read that. I got a little bit of time. Read Isaiah 11. See, I'm telling you, 
If you are representing the government, you cannot give your opinion. If you're representing your company, you cannot give your opinion or your experience. If you're representing an organization, you have to give the opinions and conclusions of the organization, which is why many organizations have what they call people set aside to speak for them, special spokespeople. So you cannot give counsel that is not in God's word. It cannot come from your heart. If you do, God judges you because it's error, because you are dark on the issues of Christ. And I'm telling you, some of you are, a lot of you all, you wonder why God shut down your ministry, why God stopped this and that. He did it because he said you led his people astray and taught rebellion against the law. Because God could might well be trying to make a separation in the situation that he knows is cruel. Just because people clean up for church doesn't mean they take the church clean as home. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> exactly. See? It's the truth. Because I tell, I'm, I'm telling you, I tell my prophet, if you counsel somebody to stay in a relationship you've not explored and investigated, you better tell me why. Because I don't want to go on record for somebody killing the house because of your counsel or abusing. We've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've lived with it. Why do you think I'm so, so adamant? You don't know what goes on behind closed doors, and unless you are signed and investigated to check it out, you better stay on the word of the Lord. Because angry spouses can be very cruel, and marriages can be very hostile environments, very hostile, and secretly hostile. All right, and so Isaiah 11, you're going to like this one, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. This is Jesus. This is the sovereign. See, there are, anyway, I'll say that. This is the sovereign side of Jesus. Now. 11.2, and the spirit, now this is how you'll know where your counsel is. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Listen, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him quick of understanding. That means brilliant, smart, Okay in the fear of the Lord, and shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. So y'all, you guys are giving all, well, they say they're married, so God hates divorce, so he must want everybody to stay married. Just because God hates divorce doesn't mean that. God hates killing, and folks still killing. God hates fornicating, folks still fornicating. God hates adultery, folks still adulterating. And you know why? Because God wants us to know it's making a matter of record what he's going to judge in the afterlife and what he's going to allow to be his judgment upon these actions. If, we, if God doesn't say the things he doesn't like, you won't know, and you'll think every wicked thing is okay with him. So he has to differentiate his, what he calls wicked um, and his will concerning wickedness and your natural environment. Our natural environment is wicked. Woe to the earth, for offenses must come. The earth is wicked. It's dark. It's ruled by powers of darkness. So God has to put those light factors in there so you can recognize what is in him. 
Oh, hallelujah. It says that he will not judge after the sight of his eyes. Now listen, nor reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for, I love this, for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall slay the wicked, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reign, which is kidney, which is power. All right? So you can read that. You, now, that's what I use. When I, start, when I train people in counseling, I use that passage because that passage is clear. And when you read it in other translations, it becomes a lot more vivid, as you know. And so if you are one of those, like a lot of those prophecies we received, those were observation prophecies. They were not discerning. They were detecting. Observation prophecies are the people who look at you and they see you, for example, one of my people sitting here, a couple of them, they see y'all with glasses and assume you're teachers. That's an observation prophecy. That's superficial. Or they'll see you dressed in a suit and assume you're a businessman, not that you just came from a wave. Or court. Okay. So you have to understand. Now, the first layer of prophecy when you're standing in front of people is the obvious. Satan wants the obvious because he needs you to have more wrong than the right, so that he can attack your 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 uh, confidence and and lock you into an inferiority, or make it begin to lay the tracks in you for becoming a false prophet. Because false prophets. Uh, but when they're not born, if they're converted from Christians, is because they've had so many errors, the enemy can rely on those errors mm. to use them to espouse falsehood. So when you are, when, when you're in this position, you have got, that's why you cannot be a prophet of the Lord Jesus Christ, I know the word. Yeah. Why do you think we have so many errant prophets out there? Because we've told people all they have to do is just say what comes up. You don't have to know the scriptures. You don't have to know a, crime, a, crime, uh, what do you call it? a qualifier. You don't have to know any kind of criteria. You don't need to have any metrics, any way to measure what you're doing. Just see it. I mean, how many of you all went to those activation meetings where they told you to pray in tongues and say what came up? Because those are very popular. You know why? Because they, those, those trainers are not, in, not interested or not looking for God's best interest. They're looking for their way or method to become a standard. Because no official prophet, no genuine person who is loyal to Christ would not want a way to check themselves. Every professional wants to check themselves. We have to check ourselves. I have to make, you know, I think it's so-and-so, uh, but let me try out. Let me see. Nobody does that. Only, the, listen, only the thieves the robbers, the interlopers, the imposters, okay? They are not interested in checking themselves because they've already checked what they wanted. They don't want, they've checked it and found out that right hurts and wrong is better. So you go to those activation meetings and you're all proud of yourself. You don't work for so-and-so activation. You don't know a piece of scripture. You don't know a piece of God. You don't know anything but what you all went in there with, which is the thoughts of your own heart. You went in with your thoughts of your own heart and you came out with them validated. I will never have an activation meeting, ever. We will never have to ever write it down. Dr. Paul A. Bryce, author of the Prophet's Dictionary, over 100,000 copies, and author of the Prophet's Handbook, will never have 
and activation meeting. My people can't come out of prayer and give me a word and not tell me where it is. <laughs> I'm telling you, I got new intercessors who think they can just say, don't bring that trash to me. I don't want it. I'm not accepting it. Well, you walked into this meeting with the thoughts of your own heart, and we haven't heard anything to say that you changed them. You went through all of that prayer and still saying the same thing you came in here with. Because beliefs and values don't move because of external stimuli. Huh? Wow. The Bible said, be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be ye transformed. Did he not say that? So you're talking about untransformed people talking about they're speaking for Jesus Christ. Now, you're untransformed, and you're untransformed because you're unconformed. I will never do activation. I will be the one voice, if that's the case, that will tell you those people are not doing it for Jesus Christ. And if you listen to what they say, they let you know they're not doing it for Jesus Christ. They said, well, this is just what, I mean, so that anybody can talk to God. Anybody? What God, what body, what kind of relationship, and it's Christ in them. You got people who are not saved being activated to talk to any God. You don't, they don't care about God. They don't care about Jesus. They don't even care about you being right. They don't want you to be right. They just want you to be vocal. Just saying. So you, you can even skip the prayer, skip the tongues, and just say. Because that's all you're doing anyhow. How are you going to represent somebody you don't even know their law? You don't know their government. You don't know their constitution. You don't know their bylaws. You don't know anything official about them, and you're speaking for them because you said, Rastatata, Rastatata, and authorizing 
using his credential or her credential to activate somebody to speak for a God. You can't speak for Jesus because you don't know his word. To speak for any God, and that's a Balaam practice. Well, what could I say? <laughs> if you were activated under this means, you need to go back to God and repent. If you paid for it, you need to count that as a seed because it's not going to give you a harvest. You know, I'm, I, I know that at this point, first of all, I've been at this thing so long. Trust me, and all these people know me. I ain't saying nothing. I've told them in the back room. So I'm not, I'm telling you, I represent the living word and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to authorize and credential something that doesn't know him, that has never heard of him or just barely runs past him. I'm not going to credential you. I don't care how much, how many prophecies people give. And they come to me with the prophecies, or they come to me and let me know where they prophesy. Dr. Christ don't care. I'm going to tell you right now, because prophecy is more than talking. The prophetic institution is more than talking. Right. And trust me, people talk, throughout the whole Bible, God's talking about people talking about demons, talking from demons, talking for demons and devils. He's the whole Bible talking about that. So, no, I'm telling you, if all you got was somebody telling you to go, Because nothing worthwhile comes from a quick fix. Nothing. And that's a quick fix. That's just a plug-in. And you know what they do with plug-ins when your computer goes crazy? They trash them. And if your computer's real good, it'll dump it. So y'all, activation is nothing but a plug-in and a turn-on. It's a patch. Isn't it? It's a patch. It's a prophetic patch that you're using to circumvent the process and the system and the method and the methodology that makes you a specialist. So you can walk around there. And pastors, I love you. Listen, I'm pastor too. But I'm telling you, stop letting people who were just activated in your church because you don't know what other, who else they've been. Because anybody who is roaming around for a quick fix got to go a lot of places. Yeah. And they're going to bring you a lot of stuff. And it's going to be a, a, a literal uh, hybrid, if not a, a, a uh, mix, a fusion of all kinds of things. So you need to stop letting that happen. You need to care enough about your sheep to want the best. You need to care enough about your hope, your future, your pastorate, their destiny, your future, your success to want the best. Somebody who just said all I did was spend an afternoon and somebody told me, deliver okay, there you go, and turn around. I would never go. When I, when they, I used to be in churches and they used to tell people, oh, don't you touch me. <laughs> I did. I promise you. They tell you I did. I stand it, don't you touch me. And some of them will try and I look at them crazy. And you know what they do? Like little robots, little robots that turn to the next <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know if you just got on a bed of fornication. I don't know if you just came from a magic show, a magic clan. I don't know if you're a witch. You come from witchcraft. Matter of fact, when I'm usually I feel witches, so when they do come, I'm like, oh, the devil is a liar. Not happening. 
I don't want anybody in the congregation touching me in place of the leaders, in place of those who set aside for it, because I don't know what you're counting. And I don't know who you're serving. I'm, you, just because you're in church, people, a couple of people are talking about witches and what not coming to church all the time. So why are we acting like the only thing that shows up in church are the godly? I don't, I don't let any, I won't, and I haven't. When I was in Jersey in the 80s, I'm telling you, we would be in Bible study, and they would say, y'all pray for not, uh No. Mm-mm. And some people I knew, they just came up because they smelled. I'm smelting devil. So I'm going to tell you right now, you go there and then walk about talking about, I don't know why all of a sudden, I just can't, because you shouldn't have been in that meet. And if you're going to be there, tell them don't touch you. You picked up a few things. Devils, spirits, belief values, you don't understand. And so I never did. In my church, I'm telling you, if we hold hands for prayer, because I think God can handle that, but you're not going to lay hands on me. I don't want any part you. I'm doing that. Somebody mess on you. You don't even know what they're saying is God, and you don't know if it's something that they don't say everywhere they go. What if they go to five hundred of these things over uh, several years, and they say the same thing? Sure. You you in there to be deceived. You walked in there to be deceived, and they're hosting it to deceive you. And so I'm not doing it. Well, people just don't want to go to class, and then they don't have to work for Jesus. You don't want to go to training. The company say don't work for us. You, several, okay? You don't want to do homework. They put you out to school. I mean, life is full of if you don't want to, then you don't have to. Time for money. All right, it's time to sow a seed. So Rachel's gonna put on the screen for you the three ways to give, and I'm going to walk you through them as well. You can give via Cash App. Dr. Paula Price is the handle there, or PayPal, paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price, and then text to give 918-608-1378. You know you need to spell this seed today, because if you're, if you're playing out like we are, you need to spell that seed right here, right now. Right now. <laughs> but but uh, seriously, though, this is the important part of the program, so when you take a moment to sow a seed right now, those are the three different ways that you can sow cash app, PayPal, or text to give all the information on the screen right now. Did you want to say something? We got like a couple minutes. We will hear from you. She said it. Go back and listen to it. Do your due diligence. And I would say probably one of the most challenging things to do with something like this if you have been caught up in the other move is to accept that what you did was not God's way and then fix it. Mm-hmm. And fix a lot. You have to do something. Well, you should do something with this information. Um, I know my first years with you, every five seconds, I was like, everything's right. <laughs> and I thought I grew up in a good church. And I did. But knowing, like you said, separating doctrine from the scripture, mm-hmm. the word of God versus what we've been taught. I think one of the hardest things to accept is that what we've been taught is not God. Yeah. Not what he said, not what he thought, not what he implied, not what is written, nowhere in that Bible. And we have taken scriptures and extrapolated and sewn them together and made this patchwork quilt that we said, oh, this is really God. 
And when you really get in it, I mean, you went through, what, three, four different passages, Old New Testament mm-hmm. on the subject, right there in front of our faces, exactly what God has always done. So take responsibility, take the next step, listen to this again, follow up and fix it, and then pass on the truth and not error. I love it. <laughs> share. Do me a favor. Share, 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 share. We're going to boost it, but you need to share. We need you sharing it with everyone. That's number one. And number two, I want to say something else. When we talk about um, credentialing people and uh, certifying them or validating them, the reason you want somebody to be connected with an institution is so that you can find out how well they did. If they finished, we give you, we collect information. So if you decide you want to be a part of Prophetic Ed, which is our program for profits and engaging profits throughout the world, or AIT, we put you through a process. So you, you because the way they're doing it, you have a choice of whether you get the best or the worst, whether you got an A student or a D student. You don't have anything, whether those, whether they were checked out, whether they were vetted, you don't have anything. But their word that they went to so-and-so's class, and this is what they learned. You deserve better. But most importantly, God deserves the best. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. God bless. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.